Radical Life. It's Rick and Robin here again from the uh, studios in beautiful Merritt Island, Florida. And we are in between. We are Saturday. Silent Saturday. We are on Silent Saturday. Yesterday was Friday. And yes. we know that Sunday's are coming. Sunday's are coming. We just got done listening to Shadrach Meshach Lockridge, the preacher from San Diego, California, who was made famous by his message. It's Friday, mm -hmm. but Sundays are coming. I encourage all of you out there, Google it. Google, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And you will uh, see a few things pop up. One will be a nice short message entitled, It's Friday, but Sunday's are coming, by Shadrach Meshach Lockridge. And there's also another gentleman from Philadelphia by the name of Anthony Campalo, who is the one who I originally heard Mm -hmm. speak this message Powerful. back in 1983. Yeah. I listened to him probably a hundred times preach this message and it shook me. I'll tell you what, he, he rattled and rolled. It was amazing to hear mm -hmm. Anthony Campalo share his version of It's Friday but Sundays are coming. Yeah. I encourage everybody, Google that and find the uh, Shadrach Meshach Lockridge version, if you would, and listen to the other one. The, the Lockridge one is very short, about three minutes long. Compalos is done in a message that probably runs closer to 40 minutes, but they are both powerful messages, great for today. Robin, let's um, today talk a little bit about what we think it might have looked like back in the day when Jesus was taken to the cross. Mm. He went to the cross. He died on the cross. He was put in the tomb. Where did those disciples go? They were scared. They were scared. They were fearful. And everything they had heard for three years, everything that they had been raised in in their Jewish homes in terms of thinking about and hearing about a Messiah, was on that day, it was dashed to the rocks. And they were grieving, too. They lost their friend. They were grieving before he left. He said that when they had the Lord's Supper, that they were in sorrow. Right. Because he just kept telling him he's going to die. And yes. it's just hard to absorb all the things that he said. Yeah. Yeah, there's that immediate... I mean, they if they were within sight of the torture, the the beating, the, the journey on the... What was it the Via Della Rosa? They call it the the path there. From Pontius Pilate to the to the place of the skull where Jesus hung on the cross. If they were within sight, if they were watching, if they were hearing what was going on as Jesus was marched to his death, they were there. They saw it all. They felt what they felt. They they scared. What I would like to do is just what did Saturday look like for them? Mm -hmm. Were they able to sleep on Friday night? Did they sleep at all? Well, the only one I know for sure that probably saw it was John, because Jesus spoke to John right. from the cross saying, you know, this is your mother, right. and now this is your son. So you have to think that even if they were the only ones there, they went back and reported yeah. to the other ones all that he said and what they felt, and they, they must have felt the earthquake. Right? I would think the whole yeah. world felt that earthquake. I don't think it was. Right. In my I don't mind, know if I they sure knew don't. about the temple being torn right. that in that moment, the curtain. But yeah, they were afraid too that they were going to suffer the same fate. And that's why Peter even denied Jesus the night before because he didn't want to be identified with him. And 
put on trial as well. Right. They had a lot of emotions going on. They probably just didn't even know what to do with them. So they were in shock. Yeah. They were in shock. In- Saturday, though. Man, think Saturday. Everything, that, I mean, what they'd gotten used to. You imagine just involving yourself in following Jesus around, listening to him, mm-hmm. seeing what he was doing. I mean, they were then sent out at different times, you know, to share with people and to pray for people. And and then all of a sudden, it's just gone. Mm-hmm. All your dreams and hopes, too, because you they had ideas of what right. it was going to be like. And yeah. they didn't get it until after the Holy Spirit came and revealed it to them. I mean, at one point they were even fighting over who was going to sit on his right and left in the, as right. they said, on his throne. Right. Now, for years, what I have done is I pastored a church and traveled as an, an evangelist. You know, oftentimes what I would do is I'd go to the Bible and I would pull out a character. I would pull mm-hmm. out one of the 12. Yeah. And I would preach on one of the 12 and mm-hmm. what, what that uh, disciple was like. Peter was one that always... Most preachers just, they hammer Peter, yeah. you know, the rock. They hammer Peter and, and what, what he did and what he was like and how zealous that he was. And mm. like you say, you know, on, on that on that night before Jesus was crucified, you know, he was at one moment saying, I'll never deny you. And then not long later, he was denying him three times. Right. He was the one who attempted to walk on water, got out of the boat when the rest of them just stood watching. But over the years, I always I was I always like to pull out a disciple and preach on that disciple, the character, the qualities of that disciple, and, and then say to the congregation that uh, you know there's a lot of Peter in all of us. Mm-hmm. We have can be do the same things. Right. We can say you know I'll never deny you, and then we're just embarrassed to even tell our neighbor you know that we go to church, yeah. or it just there's a little of every one of them. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a Judas in all of us. We don't like to admit the bad things. You know, we want to talk about the good things, the things that you know make people proud. And yeah. We want to tell good things about our kids and the things that people will be proud of. And but in every disciple, in every one of us is one of is some of the twelve. And on that day, on that Saturday, those twelve, whether they were in pairs or whether they were in a group or whether they were singled, but they went through it. Think about our lives the same way. We go through it. We go through stuff. We go through things. Mm-hmm. We have sleepless nights. There, I'm sure yeah. there, there isn't a parent who hasn't had a sleepless yeah. night, whether it be from when the child, their child was a baby or a teenager or even an adult, that parents lose sleep over their children. Uh, so we go through those, those things. I always thought of the Passion of Christ, the way they portrayed it, they showed a lot of really good points of view from Mary's point of view, being right. his mother. And even though she knew, I believe she knew he was the son of God, miraculous yes. and everything. But at the same time, she was still a mom right. and her her son was being killed. So just imagine what it felt like for her that night too. And I guess one good thing is they were surrounded with each other. They had each other. Yes. That was important for them. Wow. Saturday. 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 That's where we are right now, Saturday. Yeah. In between, wondering, thinking back on what's just happened, not knowing what tomorrow's going to bring, not knowing that there's going to be what we all here refer to as Easter. Mm -hmm. You know, 
He is risen. They don't know that. He even told them that yeah. he was going to rise, but they just... Didn't lock. <laughs> no, they'd seen several people being raised from the dead, but I guess right. they just didn't imagine yeah. that what he said was true or right. even fathom what it would look like or how that all come about. Oh, they were just feeling. I think that, yeah. you know, that faith may have just been dashed. It may have just, at that moment, eluded them completely, uh, this faith thing, and then went right to feelings, mm. which was their, in their feelings was so much, if they had, sure. I mean, if they weren't taking steps of faith, they were taking lots of steps of fear. So we know that there was just so much fear. And as, as Christians today, we know that isn't what God has given us. He hasn't given us that spirit of fear, but he's given us so much more. Mm-hmm. He's given us love. He's given us power. He's given us a sound mind. Mm-hmm. That is what we need to focus on. That is what we need to walk in. Love, power, and a sound mind, not walk in fear. Man, throughout the history of America, there have been so many times that things have happened, uh, events, attacks, horrors that cause people to fear. Of course, if it's not in your backyard, you know, it's happening, you know, obviously somewhere else. For most people, it does. You know, these horrors happen somewhere else. Pearl Harbor happened, definitely happened across the ocean on on an island. You know, most of us have never been there. Mm -hmm. Most of us just go, oh my, how terrible. But for the people of that day, when the attack on Pearl Harbor happened and it hit the airwaves, when the president came on and gave his his talk about that day that'll go down in infamy, mm-hmm. when 9/11 hit, when we had that back in back in 01, yeah, 9/11, September 11th, 2001. Am I correct? Was that was that the year? Yes. So I remember seeing the airplane go live right into the side of that building. But it was just like unbelievable. It was unbelievable. You just stood and shook your head and go, what? And so, so fear, fear has that opportunity to grip you, or you can take at that moment of feeling of fear and say, I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to step out and believe. I'm now going to move forward. Now, we can talk like this because we've you know, heard about that event at Pearl Harbor. We saw the 9-11. We got through it. We're moving on. We're stronger for it. There were casualties, unbelievable, in both of those events. But so different is this Saturday, especially the one where the disciples had just watched Jesus be crucified the day before. And they did not know to the intensity that we know what was going to happen the next day. They just didn't know. You know, death is hard in in and of itself. But when you see someone die brutally, right? when the body is mangled. Brutally, illegally without deserving it. I mean, Jesus went to the cross and on either side of him were criminals Mm -hmm. deserving of death. They were deserving of the death. And they they knew it. And they knew it. And the people watching knew it. And it just was a reminder to them watching that we don't do this. We we don't become criminal Mm -hmm. because this is where becoming criminal can put you. Yeah, the thieves knew he didn't do anything wrong. They knew it. Pilate, he knew it yeah. to the point where he said, Give, bring me some water. Mm-hmm. Let me wash my hands of this whole thing. He knew it. Mm-hmm. The, the religious, they knew it. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. Yet they went through with it. Mm-hmm. They did a shameful thing. But their hearts were in the hand of God. 
Well, nothing was going to stop this. Nothing was going to stop this because yeah. Jesus, when he was born and as he grew and as he started his ministry, he knew he knew where it was taking him because of his love for this world, because of the sin of the world. He knew where this was taking him. He knew what he was going to go through. And yet, he, and he did it. And then again, here we are. Here the disciples were on a day like today, a Saturday, not knowing what to do. I remember when my son died and I got the news. I didn't know what to feel. I right. got hit with so many different emotions, and I believe it was true for them, too. They didn't know what the future was. They'd just seen something horrible yeah. that you don't know what emotion to even tie into because they're all hitting you all at once. And so that it must have been like that for them. Just They probably sat in silence yeah. a good amount of the time just staring at each other, just speechless because it happened pretty quickly, too. I mean, they went and had dinner with him before you knew it. And they, they must have thought, like, what happened to Judas? Because I don't know when they realized what had happened to him. Did they get the news? Did they know on Saturday where Judas was? And did they, they wonder why he wasn't with them? Right. That is an interesting thought. I never thought of till I just said it. Yeah. I think we all have, we definitely, we, we all have, I mean, you brought up probably the one of the most horrendous Fridays of your life. I don't know if it was a Friday that uh, um, that this happened. Actually, oh wow, it's funny did, you should say that. Eric it was a died? Friday morning. All right, Eric died on Friday a Friday morning. Yeah. So it was Friday. It, it was, was Friday. It was a Friday for you because he he went out he went out on that Thursday mm -hmm. night, walked out of the house, walked down the street, right. and then it was on Friday morning that you received the word that you had the, the knock at the door. Right. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I was thinking about a memorable Easter. And of course, that one's memorable to me because the one year anniversary of his death fell on April 8th. Right. And that was Easter Sunday that year. My. It was crazy. And I was like telling the Lord, really, really, God? You're going to have the one-year anniversary be on Easter Sunday morning. This is the worst day of my life. And then it's supposed to be the happiest day of the Christian life. So I was dreading Easter Sunday. Right. But a week prior to that, he basically told me that Eric was like that thief on the cross. It's never too late at the last minute right. to accept the Lord and, and say, right. remember me. When you go into the kingdom, remember me. And he gave me that peace that Eric was like the thief on the cross. So when that Easter Sunday morning came, I actually, even though I cried all day, did find moments of joy. Right. Because the Lord had given me peace that he was there. Yeah. He was there with him and he, he walked with him. And so... Wow, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. About you know, the Friday. I, I'm kind of wondering if people listen to these podcasts. It's very possible that uh, some will pick up and listen to their. This might be the first one that they ever, oh. ever you know, listen to. Is right. we're, we're we're a little bit uh, we're learning as we go here with these. We know that we put out one and and two. Sure. We and I'm thinking maybe what you need to do right now because we've been alluding to something. And not really saying exactly. And 
some will know because they know us and they've heard you tell your story before, but I think maybe we need to quit alluding to what happened on that Friday of, I believe, right. nine years ago. And because it this event happened on a Friday, and that was a leap year that it happened on, because of that, it skipped, it skipped a day. And the next year, the anniversary of Eric's death landed on Easter Sunday. And, you know, I don't think that was a coincidence. No, it isn't. But I think maybe what we need to do (laughs) is I think maybe we need to pause for a moment here. And I think maybe you need to tell the story of your son, Eric, because we can't just really sit here and allude to something, you know, and keep people in the dark. Well, I did mention in our intro that my son had passed. Okay. And that he had suffered with depression. And it was ongoing in, in, from high school into college. He died when he was 23. He had even called a crisis hotline, and he was in shutdown for a weekend, and they put him on antidepressants. Um, but unbeknownst to me, he was weaning himself off those and just becoming more despondent. And he just was pretty much a loner. He didn't have a lot of friends. He did go to uh, culinary school, but didn't finish. And I remember about, well, it's funny because the January before he died, he died in April, I had lost a cousin to suicide. And then in February, I started thinking to myself, because Eric was just not doing well, uh, very uh, recluse. And I remember thinking, wow, is Eric going to die? Of suicide, I actually had that thought in my head because, you know, he had a history of it. So my heart sunk and I, I was just wondering if that was going to be his destiny. And then sure enough, it did. Now, on that week before he, he died on the Friday, I talked to him the night before. He was kind of just sitting in his computer room. And I said, Eric, you just can't continue on this way. We are going to take steps and we're, we're going to get you some help and go to counseling. And I, you know, I just made my, my mind, right. he had to take some steps. And that was the night that he, he went down there. I believe just for some, from evidence that I found that he went down there a few times. And, and where was there? Where did he go down? He to? went, sorry, he went down to the railroad tracks because okay. that's where he jumped in front of the train. I think that's how he was going to decide to do it. And I just believe from what the dog and the TV and everything, it's hard to explain it all, that I believe he went down there a few times because the suicide note I got was underneath other papers as if he'd written it earlier. But it's not like he wrote it that night and then went down there and did it. Anyway, he stepped in front of the train, and when the coroner and the policeman came to the door, I thought either he had just been arrested or... Some worse, and then they told me that he had stepped in front of the train, and they have to come to the house and let you know and do an investigation. Yeah. So that was kind of a short version of where Eric was, and you know what led him to that point. But um, God was with me, um, but I had to go through all all the grief, all the grief. That night, I was in shock even though I had kind of a clue. Right. That's happened nine years ago. And then I went through a year of just wondering 
if he had ever accepted the Lord, because he never, that I knew, made a profession of faith. So right. when the Lord gave me that peace on that following year on a Friday, I was, I, it was like I needed to hear that so I could move on. And uh, I never stopped missing him, stopped loving him, but I could move on with my life. And I knew, I had hope, I had hope my life wasn't over. And what I haven't mentioned also is that my first husband had died two years prior to that. So I did feel in the moment that everything was swiped away from me. And I stood in my living room window just alone and in shock. And I wasn't like the disciples. I didn't have anybody around me. And my parents were in a whole nother state. But when my church found out, they came and they stood around me and they gave me just amazing support. And mm. Easter, you know, is, is significant for me because it all happened around that same time. Again, in my mind, I'm drawing parallels. Mm -hmm. Our lives to the lives of the disciples. That we have we have Saturdays in our life. We have, like you just shared, a, a Friday. Right. I mean, you you that was a it was a Friday. It literally, it was right. a. He was Friday. my only son. Yeah. And his body was broken. Yes. On a Friday. On a Friday. Well, with that. What I'd like to do today is just leave it with this. It's Saturday on a Radical Life.